Welcome to Zenergy, the interactive podcast providing resources for building a better life. I am Zena Shea. I am your conduit, your coach, and your catalyst of that better life. A coach draws out hidden potential in a subject. A conduit basically provides a connection, and a catalyst sparks change. And so I am here today with two people that I've met over Facebook. I mean, the wonderful <laughs> wide web that it is. So this is actually our first time meeting. And I have DeAndre Good, who is the owner of Urban East Delivery. Say hi to the people. Hello, everyone. And I have his cousin and business partner, Kendra Hines. Hi. Yes. Kendra Hills. La Kendra H- okay, Kendra Hills. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Thank you for correcting me. So I am excited because they actually have an app that helps people order food and is trying to get people to know about hidden restaurants, which I think is so great that it's black owned, it's local, and it's something to me that's new. I had never heard about it and it just popped up on Facebook somehow and I saw it and I was like, I would like to hear the story behind this. So we're going to be talking about appetite today because with food, you know, food is all about what are you craving? What are you, what what do you have a taste for? You know, what, what is your appetite? But appetite isn't just about food. You know, we can have an appetite for a lot of things and a lot of people out there have an appetite for change or for growth. And that's actually why they tune in because they want to get tips about how to grow, how to change. So, you know, I, I ask you to think about what does appetite mean to you? Hmm. That's a very good question. Let's see, what does appetite mean to me? If our food goes or just in general? In general. In, in general. general, I mean, like I said, something that you crave, something that you, something that you wanted, um, or even in some, in some cases, maybe we need it at a, time, at a certain time. I would say the same. Like you get it on the dot. You know, something that you you want, you're craving, you need, you just you want in your life and your surrounding and you know to be a part of. So awesome. Yeah. So you asked me before and we said we were gonna save it for the podcast. You had a couple of questions for me and, and the viewers out there might be as uh uninitiated or un basically new to me, like you're new to me, you uh-huh. know. So he asked me two questions. The first was, Zenashe, how did I get that name? How did that happen? And, you know, the story behind that. So I'll start with that. It is National Poetry Month, so it's good to start with that because I actually have a poem about that. Okay. My name is Zenashe, and I will now unfold the story behind that name and the lessons that it holds. 20 years ago, I worked my way through college ed. Waitressing, I paid the bills, three jobs in all. I bled. Waitressing, so I know about food. (laughs) (laughs) A day arrived so full of strife. Coworkers craved the pill that kept a smile upon my face when they all wanted to kill. What are you on that gives you rest? I need some of your zen, they stressed. I smiled and just confessed my faith is all I need. Fast forward 10, and once again, a day arrived with rage, and in the midst of chaos, others marveled at my grace, hung around, embraced my calm, my total centeredness. Again, they intoned, Zen you be, but I did not see that in me until I embraced my destiny. I had to give in. It took me 20 years to see the purpose of my life, to calm and soothe and to inspire, to dim effects of strife. Ashe came next, a word that means so be it, like amen. 
Yoruba in origin, it bonds me to lost kin. Yet deeper still, like Shayla written in the Psalms, it means be still and meditate on what you read, ponder long. Yet even more, it means my words exhale with force. They live, they breathe, they change the world, they alter my own course. A writer and a poet, this name states my destiny to exhale living, breathing words that change humanity, that encourage people to consider truth and challenge them to grow because at the end of everything, self-knowledge must unfold. And so now you know my purpose and you understand my plan. You have just entered the state of Zen. Never be the same again. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> that was good. I like it. Yeah, so I was given the nickname Zen in college and then it, I forgot about it. Like a lot of people forget about stuff when they leave college and then it came up again and people started calling me Zen 10 years later. And so when I started performing, I was like, I'll perform as Zen. But there was already another poet, Zen. And he actually passed away like right when I came on the scene. And so I kept running into people that would be like, why are you calling yourself Zen? Zen is dead. You know? And I was like, I am Zen. I've been Zen for 20 years, but maybe I need to add something to it. And at that time, I was doing a lot of like searching my history and just getting in touch with my culture. And Ashe was big in the conscious community, right? And that word just, it just meant so much to me. I was like, wow, Zen Ashe. That's it. I'm going to go with that. Yeah. So that's the whole story behind how I became a Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So, and then you kind of asked me about Zenergy. So we're here to talk about appetite. We're here to talk about your journey also as a business owner, but I had an appetite to get rid of stress in my life. I'm a high school teacher. About six years ago, I started hating my job with a passion. I just really, 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 really started to hate my job. The testing had gotten to me out of control. The micromanagement, the paperwork, everything had just become not what I signed up for. And so I started to write a lot and that was great. I was getting published and that was great. And then it wasn't enough. And then I started to perform and that was great. It made me feel connected to the audience. I felt the energy of the crowd, all that was great. And then it wasn't enough. And then I started to organize shows. And that was really the biggest thing that helped me because getting all those artists together and really just having so many voices in the room and so many opportunities, that was like, okay, I really love this. And I, in a sense, became addicted to performing and organizing that because it was such a such a stress relief, such a beauty to see people come in stressed and leave refreshed. It was just it was just transformative for me. So that's and something you had time people, for. Then. It did. And so then what happened was all the merch started to come. I started having all these creative ideas. I started creating merch. Then COVID happened. Mm -hmm. Live shows, yeah. gone. Nobody's having live shows. Everything's shut down. By this time, this has become one of my ways of, of living. I'm used to it. I've been performing almost every week, sometimes two, three times a week for four years by this time. So how do you go from doing that to nothing? Mm -hmm. Zero. Like, And you don't know when it's coming back. And so it was almost like a death. And people have been saying, you should do a podcast. You should do a podcast. And I was like, 
I know nothing. (laughs) I'm scared of the technology. I'm scared of everything, which I have to give it to you because the whole idea of an app is still up there on my scariest things that a person could ever do. How do you even start doing that? Which I'm going to ask you in a minute. So I actually said, okay, people have been saying I should do this for years. I didn't really think I had anything to talk about. But now I do because when COVID hit and I felt that loss, I felt completely confused. What do I do? How do I cope? Everything is unsure. I didn't, you know, even teaching, were we going to go back? Were they going to cut our jobs? Was everything going to go on? Everything was unsure. Everything was up in the air. And I felt like I have to find something to anchor me and make me feel like I have some kind of security. And so I went back to, what's inside okay i have and i have my control of my attitudes i have control of my choices i have mm-hmm. boundaries i have and i literally started making an abc list of words all of these words you know and i started thinking about all the things that were still inside me that nobody could take away that COVID couldn't take away trump couldn't take away racism couldn't take away all of these things were my choice they were my purview of of you know, influence, right? So I was like, by the time I spent about a month really journaling, meditating, and then I was like, I had this whole list of words. And I was so uplifted and so encouraged. And I would, like I said, it it was like going from zero to a thousand. It just changed my life so much that I was like, I got something to talk about now. I'm going to have, I'm going to take one word a week and we're going to talk about this word. We're going to talk about our journey. We're going to talk about how we're dealing with COVID and we're going to be there to inspire people who are at that point where I was Mm -hmm. lost, confused, overwhelmed, stressed, you know, and they're looking for anything to help them. They're looking for something. And so that's where his energy came from, the urge for more peace in your life. And I started off with the ABCs of Zen. So every week we had a word. People came in and talked about that word. They talked about how they were adapting and, and uh, overcoming and just, and it was, like I said, I went and I started in October. And now the last stats that I saw, like I said, I have subscribers in uh, 52 cities and 17 countries just since October in seven months, wow. you know, so there's a need for it. There's people that are looking for it. And so, you know, so that's how, that's how Zenergy okay. came about. Okay. And that's kind of how you're, I'm, and I'm always looking for people doing positive things, doing unique things, things that I haven't heard about, things that I think take courage, take innovation, take creativity, you know, and I definitely, definitely think that your business fits into that because you know i don't know anybody doing what you're doing never heard of anybody (laughs) doing what you're doing so so i have to give you your props so i saw your slogan and and i wanted to just go on this whole journey with you you said a taste of culture delivered you know what what does that mean to you well um in houston houston is very very diverse you know so I mean, and there are a lot of different cultures here. I mean, you throw a rock in any direction, you know, you can find what you want. And so what we wanted to do was give anybody, especially we have a lot of people coming in from out of town and things of that nature, you know, a taste of the city, you know, and a lot of times the best places to eat 
in any city or the places that have been in business for 25, 30 years, to those mom and pop places that nobody knows about. You know, so that's you know, that's what we what we what we shooting for when it comes to delivering a taste of the culture, giving you a taste of this city and any other city that we expand to. That's cool. So a taste of this city, a taste of any city you expand to. And the mom and pop places. Now, I would imagine that a lot of those mom and pop places really were struggling. And so, you know, you were able to kind of help them out. So how did you come up with the idea of an app? Like, how did that come up, you know? Well, um, <coughs> I came up with the idea maybe about two years ago, uh, after 2018. Um, so, what, three years ago. So, um but I just noticed that on the major platforms, on the Uber Eats and DoorDash, you know, there was nothing that we like, you know, ethnic people like, you know. So, I mean, it's nothing but McDonald's, Whataburger, Jack and Box, you know. Mainstream much. Right. You know, and I want food with, you know, that cook with Tony Chattery in it, you know. Seriously. So, so, you know, that's what we, you know, and I was just noticing that, okay, these places aren't, that there's no representation of us on these, on these apps, you know, at least before, before up until like maybe this year. But so I, I would get up 11, 12 o'clock at night and go clear across town just to go get something to eat, you know. But I just got to thinking like, well, I mean, just like Ruby and DoorDash, the money I was spending gas and time going back and forth, you know, we might as well feel that void. Yeah. That That's good. You had an appetite, you had a taste for something you weren't getting. And I agree with you because before COVID happened, I never had ever used Uber Eats or DoorDash or any of those because I didn't expect to see anything that I wanted to eat. I didn't even expect it would even be available, right? And so I didn't even look on there because I'm like, okay, that's in a sense not for me. That's that's not going to appeal to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so you're right. That that was my perception. And then when I did, you know, we're all getting delivery food, right? There were a lot of times when I was like, I wish this was here. I wish that was here. I, and you have a ability to request things, you know, but it could probably be six months, a year, two years, whatever, before right. they even put it on there, if they ever put it on there. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I do agree that you definitely are filling a void, something that probably most people of color had noticed, but they didn't have any, I guess, push to fix it, you know? So I think that that's what kind of separates people who, uh, in a sense, are world changers, uh, innovators, creatives, from people who just notice it. Oh, I noticed this, but they just keep going about their business, right? So that was cool. So did you have to get a lot of help with like coding or was it, you know? Well, we actually have a team um, that we work with. that handles a lot of that stuff for us. Um, but as far as the actual design, going over everything, you know, that's us. We do it all the design. We, everything that you see in it, it's, it's our baby, you know. So everything you see in the app, the functionality, testing it, you know, I'll be up at three, four o'clock in the morning testing this thing, you know, and even, you know, working with the team, having to have those conversations at three, four o'clock in the morning. So. Wow. And, and a lot of people don't know, some people out there may think you have the appetite to be a business owner. But being a business owner is often crazy hours and um, lack of sleep and just not 
having, in a sense, the normal life that other people have, you know, and you talked about the design. I was mentioning before we got on here that I really do love the logo. Um, to me, the logo, it just says everything, everything, right? You got the spoon, you got the fork, you got the person running in between, you got the stars. And I love Urban Eats. I, You know, I'm Zen, so I, I put Zs on a lot of my stuff, laughs and lyrics. It has a Z. Poetic Justice has a Z. So I like the Z. To me, the Z is like thinking outside the box, mm -hmm. is, is being creative. Yeah, is, is Like putting your stamp on it. Yeah, putting your stamp on it, branding it. So I like the Urban Eats. And, and so how did you guys kind of come up with that, that logo? Because I like the, you got the knife. The, the fork, the spoon, you got the guy running in between. And that's actually a, um, that's actually a plate. That is actually I know, a plate. and that's what I'm saying, it's a plate. Yeah, so you got everything right there. I thought it was very creative and just very, to me, it's eye-catching, and it just makes you want to, you know how you're scrolling through your phone and you see something? That's the kind of thing that would make you stop and say, what was that? Let me, let me go back. That looked cool. Well, I um when I spoke to the guy about making the logo, I told him, "We are Urban Eats Delivery. I need something. We are we're black owned, we're minority owned, and I need something that is going to say that without saying it, without saying a word." And so he gave us this and another uh like two to choose from. But when I saw this one, or we saw this one, we was like, "Yeah, that's it. It has like you said everything we need. It has a plate, it has a fork, it has a spoon, it has a man delivering, it has." A taste of culture delivered, and it's, it's perfect. We told my colors, and he got it right, like on the first try. So, yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Now, going into business with a family member that is uh, something that a lot of people wouldn't even consider. You know, that's that is great. I mean, it's it's inspiring. You know, so how did you guys decide that you wanted to be in business together? Well, he actually called me one day, just, you know, just talking about some other things that we were dealing with. And then, um, well, actually, a couple of years ago, like he said, he had came, he had mentioned something about it, but it wasn't quite like it is now. He was going to do something and go, you know, get a, what is it? I, I was actually going to, I was going to actually buy into another franchise. Yeah. I was going to buy into another franchise. But it's a good thing I did not do that because for one, we have complete ownership of it. You no, know, we own this whole entire thing. Everything owned, we own it. But what I was going to do was going to buy into somebody else's franchise and they were going to give me like maybe 12 or 15 miles only that I could work with. You know, and then if I were going to, if I want to go, let's say it'd be 12 or 15 miles from where we are right now. Then if I want to go to the south side, 12 or 15 miles and have to pay again and so on and so forth. So I'm like, Thank God I didn't do it, you know, because, you know, that would be just spinning, 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 you know. Mm -hmm. And then we were actually having a conversation, like she said, we were having a conversation and actually ran it, you know, just actually went into more detail about the business itself. And then she's like, okay. Yeah, like, I was what like, I can, oh, yeah, like, I was like, I like this, okay. And, you know, know. she was like, let's do it. That was, yeah. that was, so that was that, pu that push that I needed. Yeah. Know, she was that push. Yeah, I, I was just talking. Yeah, and then the next morning, like, literally, he said something. We got off the phone probably like 10 minutes later. And the whole night, like, all I could think about was Irby's delivery. Like, this kept running in my head, running in my head. And so I woke up the next morning. First thing popped in my head, Irby's delivery. I immediately texted. I'm going to text you or call you. But I said, what I need to do? Like, what we need to do? This, we need to do this. Because I'm excited about it. It's, 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 it's embranded in my brain. It's on my heart. This is going to be great. Let's go. Let's move. And 
this, this, this yeah, is what we are. <laughs> you know, I love that. And um, to me, right, we're talking about appetite. When you feel that craving to mm-hmm. move forward, you should go with it. Oh, yeah. And and it's great that you did because so many people, you know, I always talk about this book. It's called The Five Second Rule. And it says, basically, when you have an idea, you have a craving, you have this desire to do something, your brain will try to talk you out of it in five seconds. It'll start to tell you everything that could go wrong, all the problems, all the stuff. So you actually have to kind of go five, four, three, two, one and just go right. and figure it out on the way. You know, because it's there's going to be problems, there's going to be issues, but you got started, you know, you're moving forward, you got progress going. So it's it's great. It's great that you guys had that idea, acted on that idea, and, you know, you're moving forward. And I saw that you got interviewed by the Houston Chronicle. I posted that on the Facebook page. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we did that, um, when did I do that? Man, a couple months ago? Mm-hmm. About two months ago? Something like that, yeah. Houston Chronicle, um, also uh, Vibe Magazine, I believe. Yeah, Vibe Magazine. Not Vibe. Um, yeah. What is it? Uh, I, can't, I can't even think of what that, uh, that publication is called. I have to look it up. Houston but, Press. Yeah, yeah, Houston Press. Press. Yeah, so yeah. we have, I think I've done maybe. You know, like the Women's of uh, no, Yeah, the, 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 the Women's something. Yeah. What I've done like maybe three or four different interviews so far and hoping to get a lot more right. as we grow. Yeah. That's good. That's good. So when you're starting something, you know, um, you had this idea, you saw this void, you had this kind of appetite to change that and to open up, to expand your own abilities and your own uh, opportunities and then to provide something to the community because we were left out, forgotten when it came to food delivery, you know, and so when you do that, is, is kind of a, in a sense, a great mesh of, of personal needs and as well as community needs, you know, filling in those, both those things. Um, so COVID, how had COVID, what, what happened? Was there anything like, did COVID impact you? Did it change anything? No, with us, with us, it didn't really affect us per se because we are, food delivery and at the time actually when COVID first started well when first you know everything started getting as bad as it is and being shut down and so on and so forth um we were still in the development stages you know so you know had nothing to do but sit down and work on this app you know which you know it took a few months to actually you know get everything done you know so you know I guess it worked out fine for us per se and then even even when it comes to us being you know delivery you know it works out fine for us because we're delivering food. Right. And because you can't go in, you can't, you can't go, go in. You can't go anywhere. So it actually helps us out. Right. We're bringing food to you because you can't leave. You're going to order right. from my app right. and right to your doorstep. You know, but you know, I still feel like I have to give you props because there are people who might have been in the development stages of something and COVID happened and they said, oh, it's the wrong time. It's, it, this is the worst time to you know, to start anything. This is going to be detrimental. This is going to be horrific. So it's good that you guys just continue to push through, you know, and believed in yourself. Believe so, me, I was trying to get talked out of <coughs> I was really trying to get talked I talked to <coughs> countless people, you know, asking them about, you know, this business. 
and hoping somebody would tell me it's not a good idea, but I never heard it once, you know, so that's how we are. That's how, that's how we are now, you know, but I really did try to get myself talked out of it because, you know, starting a business is actually scary, you know. I mean, you know, putting all your eggs in this basket, this is what it is, you know, this is a full-time thing for me. You know, she's looking to transition from, you know, her position, what she does. So, I mean, but it's it's actually scary because, you know what, like this, there's no tomorrow, you know, there's no no safety net, you know, when you start a, when you start a business, there's no safety net, you know, you, got, you have to be all in. And so, yeah, I'm all in. Well, we both going to be all in. That's good. That's, that's really, it is scary. It is scary. And, you know, it's, but when you have something that is unique and needed, um, it's, it's great when you move forward with it and you just have somebody that believes in you, have somebody that, that really is pushing you, you know, and I think about my co-host, right? When I was doing the live shows, she's a comedian, so she's very extroverted. I'm the introvert, right? So, when I first started, I wanted to get everything organized. I wanted to get the show started. I wanted to close the show. I didn't really want to do anything else. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I'm gonna let all the other artists do what they do. Right. But you know, she kind of uh in a sense pulled me out of my shell to where I got to be very, very I mean, I was comfortable on the stage, but not not like I was afterwards. Later, I became much more comfortable. And even talking about starting something, even starting the podcast, I was the one that was like, let me be behind the camera. Let me put the, let me be the one filming. Right, that's me, that's me. You know what I'm let me be the one filming. I'm going to have my phone on a tripod. I'm going to be stopping in between the artists. I'm going right. to be putting their name. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to be telling people to tune in. I'm going to do that. To be in front of the camera, you know, to move in a sense, like you're saying, from like employee to business owner to, you know, to move from development to launching, to move from idea to implementation. That, that is, uh, it's scary, you know, it's scary. And you have to have, in a sense, a why. For me, it's a why. You have to have a big why. You have to have something pushing you forward to make you face that fear and and continue to move forward so you talked about having that fear what do you think helped you to face that fear and move forward move through it children you know mm. <laughs> I mean, you know when you, when you have children you know and wanting to actually leave a legacy for our children you know that's one of those things that i mean that's that's a driving force for you in itself you know i mean and that pretty much was the only reason, like, okay, because, you know, with, like I said, with COVID, there are a lot of people who still are not in work, you know, still are working, you know, you never know what's going to happen, you know, and it was real, real bad. So it was like, okay, one thing about it, if you create your own job, you don't have to go look for one, right. you know, so that's what I decided to do, you know, and so. And with that, I want to say, you know, that's like the initial driving force, but once you're in it, it's like, okay, what are the things that you can do to help? So we're creating jobs for people. We're, we're, we're bridging gaps Come on. with people and we are uh, giving back to the community. So those are the things that once you're in, okay, well, this, these are you know things that we can also do. But first and foremost, of course, our family. We have to be able to take our family, I mean, um, provide for our family. And of course, like you said, leave a legacy for them. 
for their kids and their kids and their kids. So everybody's going to be good. Yes. that And, you know, it's beautiful that you say that because they say that there's such a big wealth gap with the black community compared to the white community, you know, and they have, in a sense, legacy, they have wealth, they have wealth that's passed down and we might have money, but we don't have wealth. And it's because we haven't kept our businesses and we haven't expanded our businesses and been able to pass our businesses down to our children, you know, and so it's great when people are starting a business with that in mind and I want a legacy, I want my kids to have a future, I want them to have something that is a job for them instead of having to look for a job because that that's a powerful thing when you're creating jobs in your own community so that that's awesome also tell them what we also on the forums with the donation <coughs> part oh also um what i say give back to the community you know yeah, yeah so our, our what we plan on doing is giving back to the community so i think we're doing three percent of uh like we have all the restaurants and so whoever grosses the highest for the month they get to decide to where they want to give a um donation to yeah. they want to donate like to what um, charity they like to donate to and so we're going to give back three percent of the of the bit of the earnings to that every month to that particular um charity of the restaurant's owner's choice so that's part of our giving back to the community as well yeah we don't want to just take from our community i mean one thing about it when else when it comes to those charities as long as those charities benefit our community, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, but you know, it does not matter where it's, you know, what community it is, but you know, just for us, you know, our people, you know, we, we're targeting our people, you know, but we don't want to just make money off our people, you know, and that's just, that's our, I mean, if you do good business, you know, that's where your blessings come from. So. That's beautiful. That's, that's really beautiful. I like, <clears throat> I, I believe in, give and take circle of, of reciprocity, you know, laws, sowing and reaping, law giving, all that stuff. I, I even did an episode on that whole thing is, you know, you got to put seeds in the ground and when you, then when you harvest, you still have to give back, you know what I'm saying? So I, I definitely it's a agree with that. Thing. You give yeah. back and you receive. You give your right. blessing, you receive a blessing. Yeah. You know, you give and you receive. That's right. That's right. That's right. So one of the questions that I put on the, um, I guess the event was that, you know, people can have an appetite for many things and some people have an appetite for change, you know, so you created something that was a change in your industry. And, you know, you brought people the ability to get ethnic food, to get culture delivered. Um, what kind of like advice do you have for people who want change anywhere, like in their personal life or in their community? You know, what, what kind of advice do you have? First thing, when it comes to change, look in the mirror, you know, I mean, and one thing about change, I mean, nothing's going to change without any action, you know, other than that, it's just a conversation, you know, I mean, whether, even when, it, you know, look at the climate of our country right now, and we want change, you know, but, you know, it starts with certain actions. I mean, there's a lot of talking and it's been talking for years, you know, but until certain actions start taking place, then that's when actual change will come. So, I mean, if, if a person is looking to change something in life, they need to look in the mirror first, you know, and put actions to it and just make it happen. My thing is, you know, change, I think initially needs to be a mindset because if your mind don't change, then nothing's going to change. You might start on doing something, but your, your mind, your life is always going to go back to where your mind is, how you think, your mindset. 
So the first thing you have to do is change your mindset about whatever it is in order to make it, you know, to make it, to make that change. So. I think that's some great advice. And, and I wanted to bring up something. I don't know if you know this, but if uh, Baba Fana, who is one of my teachers, I was at the Shrine of the Black Madonna yesterday doing a wellness um, workshop and vending there. And he always says, if we go back to the African village, if we go back to like our ancestral home, whenever anything was put together, the elders would always put a man and a woman so that they could have a complementary role, so that the man could be, you know, kind of the builder, the maker, the the go out and get it, you know, and the woman could be kind of making sure that all of the details that needed to be handled were handled. And she could be making sure like the customer service was taken care of and there was a certain aesthetic that was, you know, produced and and there was a balance because we each have some strengths, you know, as uh, our gender. And we have some areas where we, I won't call them weaknesses, but areas where we're not as proficient, you know, and, and I love that you guys are working together as family, but also as male and female, you know, cause you bring in different things to like this venture. So, you know, how would, like, what advice would you have or what you could talk about your personal story or just in general advice would you have if somebody is like trying to go into business with a family member or trying to go into business with the opposite sex? Is there anything that you guys feel like you have any insight on that you'd like to share that would be helpful? Well, um, yeah, family is family, you know, but when you go into business, you know, like I say, you gotta have, you have to be able to separate the two, you know, I mean, and understand what you're going into business for. You know, what, what, are you, what are we here for? What are we doing this for? You know, and if we both are on the same page, you know, I mean, it, it can work. I mean, it's like you said, like with us, you know, we're in areas that I'm weak at, she's strong at, and vice versa, you know, so that's that balance of, of power with us, you know, that's our, that's our dynamic, you know, it's like, you know, we said something like being in, you know, paying attention to those details, being in the background, so on and so forth. That's her. She does not, you know, she does not want any part of that, you know. And versus me going out, being more active, talking to people, so on and so forth, you know, that's what I do. Um, but like I said, when it comes to family, you know, going to visit the family, um, be able to have someone that you can trust. Like us, we started out kind of doing business, but we were what, 17? Oh, oh 16. Actually, yeah, 16. 16. You've been on a school business for a while. <laughs> yeah. So we were like 16, we stole parties. Oh, parties and stuff like, yeah, yeah, high school. Yeah, so, and I mean, he made a lot of money, yeah. you know, <laughs> doing, doing that. So, I mean, and so we've always worked with him, I mean, and we're super, super close. So, I mean, that's, we don't have any, any of those issues as far as that. But when it comes to family, make sure, you know, business is business, you know. And, I mean, and there's nothing personal, you know. I mean, there are times where I frustrated her, she frustrated me, but... At the end of the day, we understand it's business first. Definitely. I think that, you know, you need to, with a family member, make sure you, you trust them, you know, because we all have family members that you may side out like, uh, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I don't know about you, but just trust them, you know, and like you said, make sure that the, you know, the objective is in the forefront. This is this is why we're here. This is what we're doing. This is what we plan to, yeah, our goal. And, you know, it can work. A lot of people say, you know, going into business with your family member is not a good idea, but for us, it works. Okay, that's awesome. 
So we're going to be wrapping up pretty soon. I wanted you to tell the people how they can find you. Uh, how can they download your app? You know, are there, can they just get you to deliver anywhere? Just kind of the details they need to know to make use of your service. Okay. Well, our app is available for download on both Android and iOS platforms. Um, we deliver to anywhere, you know, if the, if the place is on our app, we deliver anywhere within 60 miles. So, I think what, the other day we had an order from Third Ward to uh, Third Ward to Tombaugh, you know. I mean, so we cover anywhere within 60 miles. I mean, if you want it, our jobs will get it to you. Um, and it will deliver hot. Um, what else? Uh, Facebook. We have uh, Urban Eats Delivery on Facebook. Um, at Urban Eats on Instagram. Um, what else? Uh, Twitter. You know, at Urban Eats on Twitter as well. Um, but... Yes, when it comes to um, downloading the app, yeah, go to your, go to your platform, download it. Um, if you're looking to do business with us, go to our website www.urbaneastwithazdelivery.com. Um, fill out your the business inquiry. Uh, inquiry. I gotta keep this network all the time, you know. But yeah, you know, fill out that business registration form, and someone on our team will get back to you. Same thing. If you're looking for a job, you need some extra coins. Just yeah. early delivery. What is he? Early what is he? Delivery and uh, fill out an application and you know make you apply oh, to I'll Tell one more thing as far as see. I know on those other platforms, people tell you know they trip about those charges like oh there's a whole bunch of these hidden charges. You order something for five dollars and end up being thirty five dollars. Like how does that happen when it comes to like DoorDash? We don't have those issues, you know. We don't have any hidden charges. We don't have any, you know. Um, and I think that's one of those things that separates us from other places, other other platforms, is that we don't we don't overcharge anything. We, we I think we are very very reasonable price wise. Um, and of course, you know when it comes to the food, that we're giving voices to to some of these smaller places. Like I mean, whether it be home based businesses, food trucks, I mean. You name it, you know, these are the people we're targeting, you know, and if we can help a food truck go into a brick, uh, grow into a brick, brick and mortar or somebody doing a business out of their home to work their way into a food truck, hey. Food trucks, brick and mortar, people that are that are uh, already have a storefront franchise. So we all about innovation with us. Yeah. We, we, we've done our penis then. But also, too, um, one thing that makes sense as a part is uh, we serve drinks, liquor. Okay, shout out to Kadori. Oh, yeah. Um, so we do have different things on our, um, not only is food, we have drinks, and also we're open. So we have food trucks that are open at 2 o'clock, yeah, that are, are late. Um, yeah. You know, the, you know when you come from the club and you want to buy to eat, you know, those trucks are also on our app, too, where you can still order at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, because you don't feel like getting out of bed. You know, so... Those are some things that Netflix and chilling, Netflix, right? So, those are some of the things that we can offer, you know, here on our app. But, well, I think that you know, I'm hearing a lot of innovation and I also am hearing a lot of improvement on removing some of the barriers that were there for the food trucks, the mom and pop businesses, the cultural. businesses but also the time limitations right. the drink limitations right. on Cause, sundays because on sundays liquor stores don't even open so you mm, right. we'll get it to you right yeah because we ultimately we're going to 
we're gonna start delivering pretty much everything, you know, if you, you know, and that's that's the actual vision as far as what we kind of like like a postmate, something like that, you know, to where I mean, you might look on our app and we might be selling lashes or something like somebody, somebody, somebody might be selling lashes, we might be delivering, you know, you know, I'm serious, you know. I mean, no, I mean, that's what we love to sit up here and be able to deliver anything, you know. And like I said, um, we want to be taken seriously, you know, and be mentioned in that conversation when you're thinking about the uh, the Uber Eats, the DoorDash, and the things, you know. I mean, and all we just want a piece of that billion dollar. Just a piece. Just a piece. I don't much. Just a piece. Well, everybody out there at Facebook that's listening tonight, you now have a amazing alternative to those other businesses that has some things that these people offer that those other businesses do not. So I am going to encourage you to utilize them, you know, and uh, I wanted to thank you guys for tuning in. You know, we are all about here at Zenergy that urge for more peace and fulfillment in life, but the urge for growth and change. And today's episode, today's episode was about appetite, you know, and what are you craving? So, you know, I want you to think about as the audience, like, what are you craving? Are you really craving a better life? Are you craving change? Are you craving fixing some of the things in your community, fixing some of the things in yourself? You know, there's so many ways to go about that. They gave you some great advice about looking in the mirror and really changing your mindset. And I do have products for that. So, <laughs> you know, so if you look on this table, you see all of my merch, you see the t-shirts that are all inspirational designs. I actually have a new one. So this says Jenna the Zen, one tribe. It has all the generations right here, all united around the earth. I have inspirational magnets, bookmarks. I have little motivational wristbands. I got mugs on the website. I got pillows. I got t-shirts, all that kind of stuff. So, but I do have the Zenergize Your Life packet, which is about changing your mindset. So I've talked about this many times. Um, so inside you get 16 different topics to explore and you get first thing, journal prompts. Ask yourself questions on that topic. Write about it in your journal. Then you're gonna look for a song, a movie, a book. You know, write a personal affirmation, write a goal that you want to accomplish in the date. You're going to find a person who's passed on that really inspires you in that area, a person who's still alive that inspires you in that area. And then that you got your vision board space. So here's what mine looks like for the first um, page. And then when you're done with that, you know, you go on to the next page. So you can see, you know, mine is filled in. But just filling it in is not... The whole goal of this, you can see mine is all filled in. This is my journal. You have tabs for your journal. The tabs are not just for the writing of the questions, but I already mentioned you're going to put some people down. Go to YouTube, research that person. What can you learn from that person? This is what I wrote about Langston News. This is what I wrote about Oprah Winfrey. You know, I'm bringing you people on here. They can tell you their journey. You can learn from them, but you can go and you can learn from other people. So here I've taken notes on that. 
make yourself a motivational song list. My sister, she gets up every morning and she's got her song list to get her out of bed and motivated to go to work. You know, make yourself a motivational song list. Write those song lyrics down. You know, have some movies that make you feel good. Have, you know, affirmations that you're going to say about yourself. Have your goals. You know, the research on goals, and you can look this up. You don't have to take my word for it. They've been doing research on goals for about 50 years. If you write it down, you're 80% more likely to accomplish it. If you add affirmations, visualization, looking up role models, and actually step-by-step planning, it moves to 95%. You've got all of that in here. So you can actually give yourself more of a chance of actually accomplishing your goals by actually going through a a process where you're actually looking at role models, learning from them, creating, you know, a song list, creating a movie list, a book list. Take notes on that book. You know what I'm saying? Change your mindset. How do you change your mindset? You expose yourself to new ideas. And if you don't like to read, go to YouTube. Go to Audible. You don't have to read it just to get the information. You can listen to it. You know, so this is a $15 package. You get the workbook, you get a blank journal, you get stickers, you get the motivational band, you get a bookmark, you get tabs. And I say this is not just a book, but this is an opportunity to change your life, to change your mindset. This is an opportunity for you to accomplish your goals in a very strategic way. So I wanted to thank you for tuning in. Thank you for having us into your living room, into your car, wherever you are. And I wanted you guys to tell them again who you are and where they can find you. We are Urban East Delivery. That's Urban East with a Z. You can find us on either Android or iOS platforms. Um, We are on Facebook. We are on Instagram. We are on Twitter. We are on LinkedIn. Um, Also, if you'd like to contact us us directly, give us a call at 281-214-0404. That's 281-214-0404. That's about it. That's it. That's it. All right. Well, thank you guys. Thank you guys for tuning in. Bon appetit. (laughs) Get some good food from them. Get some culture delivered. This episode was called Bon Appetit. We are all about eating some good food. I love some good food. (laughs) Order some good food from Urban Eats Delivery. So have a great night. May you walk in Zenergy. Good night. Good night. My name is Zenai Shea, and I have a weekly podcast called Zenergy, which is fuel for the mind, body, and soul. And this is the Zenergize Your Life Goal Setting Package, Volume 1. It comes with the workbook, a journal, stickers, a bookmark, tabs, and a QR code where you can find my podcast. And inside this workbook, you're going to have 16 different principles. The first one, I'm going to show you mine, is abundance. You have a place to put pictures that inspire you of role models, also pictures of goals that you want to create, goals, journal prompts, meditations, affirmations, all kinds of things to help you focus on this principle to better your life. And like I said, there's 16 principles. So this is a $15 package that comes with all of these things I've shown you, $21 with shipping and handling, and you can get it at laughsandlyrics.com. So Zenergize Your Life with me. Thank you. Thank you.